0: It somewhat back at I started, it's been up and
1: down I remember being a kid,
0: I can see that happening. That's something. always something to do. The Unlaced the Unlaced podcast, it's actually not bad. And <laughs> we are ready to dance, we are live, people. This is, um, this is a big episode. But before I jump into our guest, I just want to thank all our listeners, all our subscribers out there. I do it at the start of every episode. You guys are the heartbeat of this podcast. Everyone that's been getting around our TikTok lately which is ironic because this man was a big part of it with, without him knowing. Uh, we really appreciated all the social media channels. If you guys are enjoying our content, you're already subscribed, please get a friend along, get him to listen to a couple of these cool episodes that we've been doing. It's been a belter of a start to the year. Um, you know, Everyone kind of wants you know new guests and new features and little things like that, and I'm all for it, but this man is an exception. This man is a recurring character on this podcast and will always will be because of his life, my good friend Tommy Bug.
1: Thank you for having me. How are you, mate? Mate, it's good to be back. I really enjoyed our last one. It was,
0: mate. You know how much feedback, good feedback we got on that? Like, you just came out with, like, almost like these Tony Robbins-type, like, (laughs) quotes and, like, moments of your life. And everyone was just, like, hitting me up. I'm like, fuck, we've got to do it again.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've had such a special friendship for so long, so it it just felt uh, super organic.
0: It's crazy. Uh, I think we spoke of it last time, but if the listeners didn't know, Tommy Bug, obviously... Played AFL, he didn't go as a draft pick because you kind of went like pre-drafted to GWS, which was like a loophole back then, um, but was a superstar playing footy. And I remember the first time I saw him because I was living in Canberra, I came back to watch him play. And back then you had, you still got your thick hair now, but you had an afro yeah. with the helmet. And I've spoke about this, this day where you played against Steve May for Melbourne Grammar and you kick four by half time and everyone's like tommy bugs has gone the afl i'm like well fuck he's uh, he's unbelievable then you got in a, a punch <laughs> on with stephen may and you both got like sent off or sinbin which i didn't even know happened
1: yeah in at school footy you can get i think yellow card or red card yeah i was the, like the thing that day though stephen's a lot bigger than me he's huge he <laughs> was he's, big then he was he was huge he was by far bigger than anyone else um but he i know my limits he's a lot bigger but i tried to antagonize him a little bit but yeah. he. Basically ragdolled me, threw me on the ground, got up, <laughs> he got yellow carded, I was smiling, then I got yellow carded. <laughs> <That's laughs> yeah, no, no, so then I, I think in school footy it's fifteen minutes, you gotta sit off for but I think it was the rest of the game anyway, but Fuck
0: man. Well, so back then, because we started building a friendship when I was coming back to Melbourne from soccer where I was living in interstate, and um we joined our 18th, and I wanted to talk to you about this because we had Liam to me on last last week, last episode. I'm not sure if you heard it but we spoke about like candidly like he was so vulnerable man like i didn't realize he was addicted to ice like it was pretty crazy yeah crazy to see where he is now as well on top of that but um we were talking about our 18th birthday and like you probably i didn't actually remember why all the shit happened and my interpretation was he was selling drugs in the bathroom <laughs> and he goes he goes no nah, mate he goes, i was using it all for myself
1: <laughs> i remember him being pretty fucked up yeah um, well, but it was funny. It was, it was funny. It was actually funny how the joint 18th happened because I actually didn't know you that well. <laughs> no, went, we didn't. We just took a punt. <laughs> yeah, and I never had a birthday party because of footy and I never used to drink. And yeah. then um, we obviously connected through some school friends and then we ended up doing the joint 18th. So <laughs> yeah. coming together, we had two different separate groups of friends, yeah, a couple of like mixes, crossovers. But I remember Liam that day. Yeah, he was uh, he was on another level. Yeah, he was I on Maybe your dad wanted to Yeah, my dad chased him, him out Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, him. yeah, yeah There was a few other people But my dad definitely chased him out yeah. And I was like, fuck I haven't seen my dad get like that for a while um, <laughs> Might have to have
1: another birthday party <laughs> Yeah, I
0: know, yeah We'll wind him back up But then we spoke about it And because What was amazing Is like the last I ever saw him Was him running off from people chasing him Like because of what happened Apparently he bottled Damo Simic as well Or whatever I was like, what the fuck I didn't even know that Um but then, like, we, one of the things, and I've b- always been trying to remember it, and I don't know if you sent me a screenshot of his text, or if we were together when we got it, I can't remember that, but it was, like, five or six years later, me and Liam were trying to work it out, where he sent us both this long essay, like, apologising for his actions and all this shit, and I was like, what the f-? I almost forgot about it at this yeah. point, like, I didn't give a shit, obviously, at the time, but... I'd like forgotten about it, and then we were like, "Bro, that's like what the hell?" And then I looked him up, and he's like a fucking top twenty para triathlete, yeah. In the world, we I'm saw like, him the other week at um, yeah, which is yeah, uh,
1: where were we? Uh, Village Bell, Village Bell, yeah. When we we're getting dinner, he was yeah. Now it's yeah. good to see. It's really good to see he's, he's turning around and he's doing some amazing things. So it's uh yeah, it's just amazing the from what he was and what he was going through to kind of where he's transitioned to now. Right, it's, uh, it's
0: yeah. Well, can you tell me what's been happening with your life because? since our last podcast i reckon you've lived overseas for six months your business has grown like tremendously you've broken personal life's just everywhere i mean you're in regards to like you've <laughs> everyone's best mate everyone's like you're in every state <coughs> living in everyone's houses i mean it's unbelievable like i i can't keep up
1: yeah it's it's a whirlwind to be honest it's uh, i mean america's always kind of been on the on the cards um and yeah in reality i, I moved not moved there but I was you know I I guess living there for a little bit um six months of last year uh I spent a little bit of time in the UK as well it was the first time I could connect with my team so we've been in the States or in LA based basically since 2020 of Jan um and we had you know a big team over there and I hadn't been able to meet them meet them because of uh COVID so it's actually my first time meeting like all our staff, which was uh, wow.
0: So you would met them through like Zoom and met stuff them through like that.
1: Zoom, but it's I mean, it's not the same. You know, I, I guess from from what I love, I love that like interpersonal connection and, and mm. catching up with people, and I think we really lost that a, a, around COVID. Um, so it was awesome to go there. I guess new opportunities, new challenges presented themselves, and it was exciting. I mean, I love sport and mm. I love like fast paced stuff. So LA is just that in a nutshell. Um, yeah, sport on every day, every different types of sport. Um, and also, you know, meeting our talent clients is super super uh, important as well, I guess, as we want to be p- a, p- a really personalised business, um, it's important to catch up, you know, I- in person. So, I spent a lot of time with the clients and talent and just, yeah, I just, to be honest, it, it felt like a little bit of a movie and it was just, I was just grateful every day and just, yeah, had, to, had some of the best times uh, I've had, had in my is life. Is that
0: like the epicentre of your brand? Because for some of the listeners that didn't tune into the, the first episode, it might be good just to like explain what Souls Group is because... It's a pretty un- like it's a very very modern day business and futuristic business because it's going to be so important for people and so much growth there. But like for, can you just explain a little bit in summary for for the people that don't know what it is?
1: Yeah, um, well I think you know traditionally people would look at us as being probably a talent agency or an agency of some form. Um, I think probably what's more accurate is a technology and data. Um, company and the reason for that is you know we use technology we're technology driven we use that for automate uh and
0: so that's how you reference it technology and dial- yeah that's fucking yeah. awesome well day. I
1: think you know I, I guess looking at the space before we entered there wasn't really anyone that was using technology we thought efficiently and also servicing both talent and clients mm-hmm. um, it so was talent
0: to you is influencers yep. right yeah
1: yeah influencers athletes celebrities okay. um, that that. That's how we categorize them and then from the client side you know we would usually see someone on the talent side with that tech or on the client side with that tech and we wanted to position ourselves in the middle where we could service you know both i guess both sides of the ecosystem so yeah and then also from a data point of view you know looking at because the influence on surface level is you know what you see on instagram TikTok, youtube other platforms but behind that is what the clients um you know that's what they're looking for they're looking for demographics analytics statistics and basically from that you know we've been working for such a long time now I think we're nearly at four years um, wow. and what you can do is collect all that data and then you know it's, it's good for predictions of, of certain fees or certain services in the future and basically from, from that you know it's, it's allowed to us to allowed us sorry to, to scale at such rapid growth
0: so you're kind of like the conduit and the support for managing talent,
1: making sure they're happy
0: but also providing strategy to help them grow their platform but equally Using that technology and data to drive interest from brands to work yeah. with your clients.
1: Yeah, correct. I, I think there's there's one part of it with the talent. Obviously, we do represent talent as well, represent clients. So there's two facets of that. I think with the talent side of things, you know, there's there's the management where it's it's a 360 degree approach where not only are we you know generating, I guess, opportunities for them from a financial point of view, but just trying to maximize that opportunity, that lifespan that they have in this space because mm-hmm. you know there's no real. Um, you know there's no real time limit on when that it can end tomorrow it can last five years no one really knows so I think just making sure they're making the most of the opportunity they've got looking at different ways to innovate or you know I guess use their platform to the best ability and one of those is obviously being on all platforms um, and just growing with the times you know TikTok wasn't around or prominent two three years ago so you know helping all of our talent um, you know onboard onto TikTok and kind of helping them around of that strategy. Fuck, so you
0: give posts. them like insights on the best ways to use the certain platforms and stuff like that as well. Uh, t-
1: yeah, to an extent. I mean, there's no, uh, they're very guarded, I think, these yeah. platforms with what they say because they're held accountable for it. So they can give, you know, different strategies or, or different, uh,
0: Right.
1: yeah, I guess different strategies around when's the best time to post or, you know, what content's trending. But uh, TikTok's probably the, the biggest one at the moment. It's crazy algorithm around, you know, what you watch uh, and what your attention is on it seems to feed that very, very similar content back to you.
0: Wow, that's amazing, man. We're going to dabble into, like, a bit more of the business in a sec, but I I did want to talk to you. Are you you planning personally to relocate to LA, or, like, what's your sort of plan? Because you're currently based in Melbourne, right?
1: Yeah, based in Melbourne, um, (coughs) it's probably up in the air a little bit. I mean, we've got the US base, obviously, we've got AU base, you know, equally as important. Mm. Um, I think I'll spend my time between both.
0: Right, okay. Yeah. That's pretty – because the reason why I asked that is because you've got Melbourne – the Melbourne city on lock. <laughs> and I'm going to go into it. But I, I think, like, it's a fair question to know. Like, it, I think you might be the king of electric <laughs> – electric ladyland, man. I, electric. Ge- I genuinely think you are. Yeah. And I'm going to talk about this because <laughs> – how many times have I been there with you? Maybe two or three times. And one time – one time you'll – I know you would have – you'd appreciate it because I didn't know you were back from the States – And you messaged me at 10 p.m. at night. And I was Uh, like, I'll be there in five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) know I was, mate. I was actually up the road having drinks, but I was like on my way out. So I was like, oh, beautiful. So I went there. And for the listeners, (coughs) Electric Ladyland, it's the wild, wild west of Melbourne. Like, It's probably one of the only clubs that's blossomed throughout and post-COVID. But I go there and Tommy Bug, like, all right. I I knew he knew a couple of people there to, to help me in, but... I, I've seen him walk in and he's had 45 handshakes and 25 <laughs> kisses on the cheeks before he's even got through the first door. And then they've got the red carpet up the stairs, which is known as the Tommy Bug carpet in my eyes. I think you've made that up. <laughs> i put a bit of mayo on this, but it's not too far from the truth. But, um, mate, I love having you here because it's just so much fun.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, Electric's a special place. It's, <laughs> uh, spe- shared some special memories we with a lot, have. Of, a lot of people. But um, yeah, I think it's just it's just good, you know, like obviously work so hard and... Um, yeah I guess for me it's about balance so you know I like to have a, a good night out and especially with the people you, you people work 24 7
0: like you can work 24 7 with yeah. your offices like so your respite is different
1: yeah well, it's funny like I'm even on when I'm out like, yeah you know, that's I mean, like, exactly what I mean emails and stuff and things that are you know super high priority of was it dinner and drinks the other night actually it was 11 30 and I had to take a call, <laughs> I had to take a call. yeah um, but I enjoy it you know what I mean like I'm, yeah. I'm, I've got perspective around what I used to do versus what I do now so it, for me, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't feel like work. Um, but yeah, I love, you know, obviously love having a good time. Some of my, you know, closest friendships have, have, have started from, you know, just being out or some, you know, some networks yeah. that I've made have, have been from that. So um, every now and then I try to, you know, s- stay clear and just really focus in. But I feel like I, I don't enjoy myself as much.
0: So. Yeah, me too. <laughs> the worst month is when I have those sober months. <laughs> They're my worst months of the year, I
1: mean, yeah. <laughs> which is not good. No, it's definitely over, over Christmas and. It's probably what it should mate. be, but um, yeah. I think everyone's doing that. So
0: Now, I want to talk about like LA because you know I love my football. I actually know you love your football club and country, as we say, mate. It's, no, it's always country. 100% no matter where you play. <laughs> um, but somehow you were in LA and then I went on my story. And it would have been within 24 hours. You're at a fucking English Premier League game. And you're fucking sitting up. You're at, you're at Watford. You're with Bajan and a couple of the boys. And obviously those that don't know Bajan, I won't expose too much. But it's essentially his company is a shirt sponsor of a fucking English Premier League club, which is unbelievable. So when you were going there with him, I'm like, oh, this is going to be interesting. Yeah. Two stories in, you're literally on the fucking pitch <laughs> getting a photo. And I'm like, mate, I have worked my ass off at soccer my whole <laughs> life. And this guy's got closer to a premiership, Premier League uh, pitch than I have.
1: Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know it's ironic, isn't it? Um,
0: and they played Man U that day. It wasn't like I it was know. a big game.
1: Saw Cristiano in the flesh. Fuck, it was special. It was a really special trip. Um, obviously, super close to those guys. And yeah, I guess I didn't really know what to expect. We just went to the game. And was, it was that your first like Premier League game yeah, you've been th- to? Yeah, first Premier Soccer League. game even. Nah, I've come on to Oh yeah, us. of course, mate. Yeah, yeah eighteen <laughs> uh, people. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I think there was a few more. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, amazing experience. Obviously went on the pitch, and yeah, it was just it was just Watford won. Uh, they won four, Yeah, four, one. They yeah. smashed them. Yeah, so I think they were like, you know, Manu were meant to win Like, yeah, Manu, yeah, that was early in the season, right? Yeah, um, I think Manu coach got sacked after that. Oh my thing. god, yeah. it was too. Yeah, was yeah that, that was, that was okay. a kiss of
0: death. <laughs> Oli Gunnar went, yeah, the next next yeah, day. Yeah, that's yeah, so right. I
1: messaged Bizarre,
0: I'm like, bro, you got my coach sacked. <laughs> <laughs> I know, so it's like.
1: Yeah, I guess it's it's gonna be hard to get back to an, e- an EBL game if uh, Fuck. if it's not like that.
0: Can I ask you just to compare because I'm interested because you played in at the MCG, you played in front of packed crowds in Australia, and, and the AFL atmosphere is very unique to any other sport. Like, it's helter skelter, it's fast paced, it's high scoring and stuff, and the crowds literally like involved. But how did it compare to like the Premier League atmosphere? Because I remember going to the Premier League when I was a kid and I was like blown away.
1: Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I've been to many sports, you know, UFC, basketball, NBA, um, NFL, and then you've obviously got EPL or or soccer in general. Um, it's a lot different experience. It really is. Um, I think the <coughs> the nature of, I guess, the support base and, and how loud it was, like the Watford su- um, supporters or members, like they didn't stop for 90 minutes. Wow. And it was kind of, and we were like kind of right next to them. So just to see that, like, you know, chanting, singing, all that kind of stuff. It's probably not what happens really at the AFL. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just in terms of just very, very different, uh, different, sorry, but just an amazing, yeah, amazing experience. So loud. Like, I just remember being like so loud. I could barely, like, hear the guys talk. Yeah,
0: when they score and stuff. It's, yeah. like, mind-boggling. Yeah. I wanna, I'm going to talk to you about the UFC as well because I know you went
1: there. But um,
0: I, I'm just, like, what, what I think you've always been really good at and, and one thing that's notable for a lot of people is obviously you've always been really good with people. So... For me, when you came out of footy, like anyone, it's kind of hard at first, but you, from the outside, without actually knowing what was going on in your head, you kind of seemed like you just like were a natural in the space you went into, and almost like you had dis- disassociated and disconnected with AFL like, pretty quickly. Is that true? Like, w- were you able to kind of shift into this world, or was there an element of you like, fuck, I wish I was still playing at all? Or?
1: No, not at all. I mean, it's interesting one, like, good with people, because I think it's something people have said to me a lot as I've grown up, but I think... The way you know, I, I always, for me, I don't think I know everything. So mm. it's always about learning, and I just get a lot out of. Obviously, love what I do from a work point of view. I get a lot of, um, you know, get a, from where my purpose comes from and, and whatnot as well. So I guess in that sense, like I just love talking to different people that have you know been successful or in what they're doing and, and kind of learning. And in that sense, when you're showing like genuine intent to learn, it, it probably comes across or most likely comes across. So I think in that sense, and you know, I've grown up with an amazing family and. And my sisters and whatnot, and they're beautiful people and caring yeah. people as well. So I think I've just shout like, out
0: the Bug family. Shout out the Bugs. <laughs> um
1: So yeah, just to be around, I guess that growing up has, has helped me. But if you like, if I look back on my life as well, I've been around so many different people as well. Like yeah. if you're talking from six years old, from basketball to football to all the different teams I've played for, um, you know all the coaches, and then obviously from an AFL team, I've been at three different clubs, and then you know proactively trying to you know build relationships and, and build networks. Yeah. Like there's so many people that I've I've met over my time. So you you know definitely when I first started I was I could you know in terms of having conversations with people and holding conversations at times it was difficult especially if you know I was there was a big age gap. But I really feel like now that you know I could be put in a room with anyone and, and kind of find some similarities or
0: yeah. Do you reckon the hard conversations you would have had to have in the AFL helped that like at all or is it just kind of like um, it's, it's kind of it's just your own. Those hard I'm conversations
1: are usually direct directed at me. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, we, if, you
0: to, if yeah. you're in that shit, then it's a bit easier to like conversate with other people because yeah. it's not going to be as crawling as, yeah, as what sure. you went through. I yeah,
1: know. I mean, there was definitely some times. So I, <laughs> oh, no, I know, um, I know. I think one, actually, one that really sticks out being in, like, high-pressure situations is is when I did get suspended. I remember just, like, they kind of told me what to say or not what to say, but they just said, you know, these are some guidelines you should touch on and then obviously express how you want. And then I remember just walking out the door and I had like 17 microphones in my face. And Fucking I, hell. And like in terms of public speaking back then, I wasn't super, super confident. And then I've got cameras and microphones and I was... I just remember being like in a little bit of shock. Um,
0: and at this time, right, when this happened, I think you went to the club and said you wanted to like say something, didn't you? Or was, it, was um, that right? Or you got on the mic... After, the, after <coughs> the incident happened, you went straight yeah, on the mic yeah, and did yeah. something. I said... To, I spoke with Richard. And Rich apologised. And yeah.
1: apologised. I think that was the best thing to do, yeah. to get on the front foot. But yeah, I think... <laughs> Maybe I was just a bit delusional at the time, but I, I generally thought walking into that uh, courtroom was, thats what you have to do—is pretty much courtroom. I thought there was a chance I'd get off. Like, not that <laughs> I—you know—not that I didn't think what I did was—you know, right or wrong. It just—I yeah. just don't know what I was thinking at the time. I just remember ah, thinking, it "Was like, a maybe, maybe crazy it crazy, man?" Yeah. So, but that—that that, I think that experience as well, and being under such high pressure, and I guess being a little bit of shock. Like, I—you I, know—very frequently, like, look back at how I. Um, you know, held myself and, and kind of what thoughts I was, you know, going through at the time. And I always try to look back and learn from mistakes and whatnot. So, yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's, it's interesting.
0: Man, interesting. how do you – so, because I think the last time you came on, the this group was, was already doing really, really well, particularly nationally. But the international setup wasn't as matured as it was. The talent that you've accumulated since then is, like, scaled unbelievably. Um, but also, like, staff. So, like, for you, what's interesting is obviously you were once coached and managed by someone else, and then you've kind of gone into, like, a senior leadership role, like, almost straight away. And I know you've got mentors and stuff like that, but how do you go with, like, managing people and now on, like, a larger scale, making sure the operation's moving smoothly, making sure you're getting the best out of everyone?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely challenging at times because, you know, you obviously – you want high performance, but you want people to enjoy what they do, um, and you want them to be motivated, you know, and inspired each day. So I, I think in that sense, like really approaching, um, you know, each individual as their own, and, and not kind of grouping up. This is what's expected. Like really, you know, having some empathy around their position, not only from a work point of view, but what's going on in their life, and, and learning about them. So yeah. I think for me, it's about building strong relationships with each staff member. Um, and therefore, you're easy to like. It's easy to have conversations when they're tough. Yeah, um, yeah. But I've always tried to be ch- as transparent as possible and be understanding. And the way I approach it, you know, I don't, I, don't, I can't think of the, I can't think of any time I've really yelled at anyone, at any yeah. stuff. Like I don't think once I've ever done it. Yeah. Um, so I think in that sense, like, really just calculated with my approaches and, and just making sure that I'm really thinking about it from their point of view as well yeah. has definitely helped. But yeah, I guess in, in a sense of. You know, being at footy, I learned a lot of things that I did like and a lot of things that I didn't like. Yeah, I was about to say,
0: that probably more sometimes what you didn't like. as Yeah. Like, that's what I remember most.
1: Yeah, well, footy's very authoritarian and, you know, it's a little bit old school in that sense. And I guess, you know, with our company and it being so unique and and so, um, you know, it's, I I guess, modern in a sense. Like, I really want to be with the times and make sure that, you know, people feel valued for what they're doing.
0: Yeah. Do you have that similar approach with talent or is talent a bit differently because they're obviously – you're kind of like staffs on your company yes but talent you're trying to sort of like invigorate and get the best out of as well at the same time
1: yeah again it's very very case by case Um, but I just try to offer support as much as possible you know the one thing I want the talent always to know is that I'm here for them no matter what and I think you know if you're sending the message around my first thing is their health and happiness so Mm. to make sure that they're you know healthy and they're happy in what they're doing and everything else comes second so I think you know, in this, sometimes in this business, you know, people are very commercially driven. And mm. don't get me wrong, we're, we're definitely always looking at uh, the commercial value or, or that in that, that perspective. But I think making sure that the talent really feel valued as a person before yeah. any of that gets done is is the key for, for me. So in that sense, you know, always making sure I'm accessible. I always tell them if it's 1 a.m., 5 a.m., 4 a.m., whatever it is, like don't ever think that you can't call me. And, what a guy. Um, I mean it, 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 I, I want to help You know what I mean I get a Yeah lot. you enjoy yeah, I That's, enjoy it, that's yeah. why it's
0: genuine It's not like you're Putting on a fucking face Which is probably why It's it's fun for you The job Because you actually care About what you're doing
1: Yeah for sure It's it's very It's. I think the thing I love about it Is it can be so spontaneous At times So you don't really yeah. know What's around the corner And I think that really Keeps me
0: well, there's engaged a, There's a story About this recently I think you went to Sydney And you're on a fucking Boat party And I'm like I'm like, wait, okay, like we, we, I think we went out the week before, and I'm like, how the fuck are you on a boat? <laughs> and you're like, no, I'm, it's my one of my talent's birthday, and I was like, you're actually working, but like you're on a boat party at the same time, where like you obviously have to be there, be present, support your talent, but then you get like this spontaneity of like, fuck, I'm in, a, I'm in the harbor of Sydney, like on a boat. I'm yeah, like, I know. What it's, it's the fuck? It's, it's, it's cool. awesome, bro.
1: It's so cool. It is. It's it's funny. Like I don't really think about it like that, and I think what I try to do as well is is you know sometimes really separate that work from that personal relationship and you know going on there and it being a birthday party really coming across and, and showing I guess f- from a friendship point of view rather than you know trying to like uh, critique anything from a work point of view like I guess the last thing I want to do with a personal situation like that is kind of come ac- come across as a, a, a from a work yeah, perspective so okay. I try to separate that as much as possible and I think I learned that very early on that you know although from maybe in my world that everything's you know, a lot of my life's driven by work that not everyone else is. So just making sure that I'm, you know, understanding what makes people tick. Because some people are super work-driven and they love, you know, chatting about work and other people are like, just tell me what I need to do and then, like, let's not talk about it. it." Yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that's a good point. Now, you've been pretty humble about Zool's Group on this podcast, I'm not going to lie. Because it is unbelievably booming and it's doing so well and it's going to only get bigger and bigger. But for me, I'm I'm keen to just kind of get an insight of, like, if you can, like a, a kind of like a pinch yourself moment, like a moment that when you do this, you're like, holy fuck, this is like has the potential to be what it's becoming to be. Like for whether it's partnerships or the brands or even some of the talent you're acquiring, is there some, sort of a moment that stands out for you where you're like, wow, this is like, this is going exactly where I wanted it to go or it's doing better than what I thought it was?
1: Yeah. Um, it's a tough I question. Yeah, I don't, t- to be honest, I don't really like, although I'm so grateful, like every day I wake up and I genuinely am happy with what I'm doing. Um, You know, obviously you have challenges along the way, but I try to have the perspective of those challenges, you know, usually end up into a positive, um, in some way, shape or form, depends on how you look at it. I think, in that sense, you know, I I don't really celebrate things too much. Um, However, I think the one moment for me is probably when I'm standing in a box with Conor McGregor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I can we talk about team. that? Yeah, how, for the sure. the,
0: how the fuck did that happen? <clears throat> yeah, one of, my, one of my... um. Was this the San Diego, uh, San, uh, L.A. Rams game? L.A.
1: LA Rams, right? Sorry? L.A. Rams, and... What's the team? L.A. Because... Rams like, and... Who's the L.A. team? Uh, I should know this. Well, no, it wasn't the Raiders, no. No, it wasn't Raiders. It was the two L.A. teams, I'm pretty sure. Oh, uh, okay. I don't know. Um, Hopefully I got that right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Either or No, it's, 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 it's actually a funny story because when we first went over there, um, you know, in this business as well, it's <clears throat> about client experiences. So one thing we did look at was potentially getting a box for the year uh, at the Ram Stadium. Um, and then obviously having our clients come in, our talent come in and giving that really cool experience because it was on – Pretty much on the field. So that
0: was a working kind of thing. Well,
1: no, this was this was when I first got there. This was the second day I got to LA. So I went into this box and like got the tour and whatnot, and you know they went through the different tiers of packages and all that, and it was really cool. We didn't end up going ahead with it. However, like six weeks later, one of my um, close friends over there that has uh, uh, he's involved in esports. Um, from him, he's got you know great relationships. He's lived there for six seven years. Conor Murray actually sits on his advisory board. Um, so he has a little bit to do with him um, and the paradigm team. So anyway, funnily enough, he goes, you know, come along to this event later on, or, or I think it was in a week's time, or might have been in a few days out. He's like, I'd love you to come along. So I was like, sweet. Go Did you know what
0: you're going to at this point?
1: He said, Connor was maybe a chance to come, um, but there was going to be a few other people in there. So had the you know had the chance to see Ben Simmons, um, Sean O'Malley, Fuck. also said J.L. Smith. Um, I think the Dallas Cowboys... Oh, they played Dallas, I think. because oh, okay. Dallas okay, Cowboys. Yeah. yeah. Dallas Cowboys um, owner's son was there and we got to meet them. It was a really cool experience. Like, you know, again, just going into like, I guess, another world of, um, you know, high-profile people. And it's just really cool to see how they operate and hold themselves. And, yeah, he just said, you know, there's a chance that Connor will come by. So, it was like, sweet. So, anyway, I walk into this box and it's the same box that I did the tour of oh. two days in. No um, way. Yes, and there's like, you know, hundreds of boxes around... Um, what the chances of that of i know this was crazy so like that kind of pitched my moment because it's like you know i'm into manifestation and whatnot as well and then obviously you know i had the chance to meet connor and it was just it was surreal because i mean even going back to football like i used to tr- um channel all my focus and energy around how he trained and Oh, this is home, so. I
0: didn't want to, like, overdo it, but you really, like, took a lot from him. Yeah. Like, on our last podcast, we actually spoke about how your, like, the manifestation tactics or a lot of the things that you were doing in your life, footy, off the field, whatever, was derived from, like, a lot of what Connor was doing.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like, I, speaking
0: things into existence. Yeah, yeah, of course. Which is I, fucking surreal. I
1: mean, he does it, you know, live on, at press conferences. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, I thought that was maybe a bit too far. Yeah. <laughs> <that's laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, did a lot of that stuff. I do, I still do it now. Um, but yeah, there's one, I mean, there was definitely one patchy there, especially cause it was, you know, physical exercise. So you like, I was doing boxing at the time and training and whatnot. So yeah, my whole life revolved around <laughs> watching him. Like yeah. I used to, I remember watching like hours of footage of him a day. Yeah. Like even if I was training, I'd have like earpiece in, listen to him talk at, um, at yeah, press, press conferences or you know behind the scenes stuff when he's training so it was really cool and then yeah obviously meeting him and just getting to spend like a short amount of time with
0: him what was he like what what was sort of the conversation yeah pretty straightforward yeah it was
1: pretty it was there was a lot of people well we had the we had the suites we had that suite we're in and there was basically suites along um the pitch and all all of a sudden when connor walked in he had like three-piece suit like looking sharp as proper 12 in his hand fuck Um, off so that was really cool, but as soon as he came in, um, like people were jumping from suites into out, like to where we were, wow, like yeah. you know, the security <laughs> there was no, there was absolutely no. Well, there was security; he had like four people with him, but no one really stopped him. Yeah, he it. doesn't need it. <laughs> people were jumping in, getting signatures, photos, and whatnot. Um, you know, and I was kind of reser- a little bit reserved at that point, just you know, in awe, Blown just away. kind of watching him. Got some cool photos, and then um, yeah, and then I just he was just about to leave, and I just thought, you know, this is a once in a lifetime, or well, hopefully not, but you know, a, a really cool opportunity to get a photo. So. You know, approached him and got a quick photo and had a had a quick chat to him about you know being from Australia and watching him and you know asking how his leg was and whatnot as well. But he spent time with every single person. That's sweet.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, he so seems like he seems like a really good guy. If yeah. you get him on a good day. He seems like he could have a chat with anyone.
1: Yeah, very engaged too with each person. I noticed that yeah. like it wasn't just like a high and buy. It was actually like. You're super engaged looking at the person and like you know taking what they were saying so it was really cool to see. fuck man
0: that is special hey yeah, cool. you always come back with something different <laughs> see this is why you're a regular guest like I know, it's funny i, used to, I remember going the highest paid athlete in the world almost yeah like, if not the now probably i at
1: remember going over there and saying to like my my close mates that, that you know just that you know i'm gonna meet him i don't know how but yeah, Did
0: so correct me if i'm wrong i don't know if you told me this or if i've just made this up but did you go there with the mentality of like because you asked me this once you were like who do you want in your show and no one's asked me that. It's like, and I was like, I said a couple of people in a show. You're like, no, no, no. I'm like, who do you who do you want? Yeah. And I was like, I said Connor. <laughs> Only because I'm like, that's a fucking podcast. And I said LeBron James. But like, I actually think I would rather talk to Connor because he I'm had. like.
1: He hasn't done any podcasts. No, think. he doesn't really do them. Yeah. Like if Joe
0: Rogan can't get him, I'm, I'm a bit of a long shot. Yeah, but I
1: thought he might have done one with that yeah
0: I don't know but that's um yeah I feel like I don't know why I had that in my head that you kind of put that into existence that you wanted to meet him.
1: <coughs> yeah definitely oh it's always I mean since the day I kind of saw his first fight or his first interview I wanted to meet him but you know going over there like specifically like with the intention that like I don't know how but it's gonna happen and then it happened. that's pretty crazy man yeah
0: now for me I could like, just to come come off sport or come back to sports a little bit like given your role now as a CEO Managing people, like there's obviously some correlation to sport, like even though it's not physical exercise. There's the competitive nature that you have and obviously the people aspect and working in big environments and so forth. Do you find any similarities or major differences, for example, translating from professional athlete to CEO? Like is there anything that's really helped you initially? And then is anything where you're like, fuck, I've actually got to really get better in this space yeah. to make myself more whole?
1: Um, I think... Or well, the physical exercise, yeah, part of minus things. that, obviously <laughs> <laughs> kicking uh, a Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think the competitive nature of it is because you, you know, from a footy, from a football club point of view, um, you are always trying to get the best out of yourself. So it's it's super like self competitive. Well, that's how I looked at it anyway. Mm. And then yeah, day to it, day, it's it's a little bit different in the in like the approach because there is not someone yelling at you every day. So it's really I like, kind of self driven. Um, But, yeah, I think that competitive nature, like I really want to do some really special things that, you know, no one thinks that we can do. And I think in that sense, the competitive nature, I think dealing with people. So, like, you know, I guess relationships around me um, and managing them. uh, They're probably, like, they're they're the biggest things, I think, for me as well. Like, I want to make it unique. I don't want to go in with, like, the typical... You have to approach the CEO position like this, like the way yeah. you dress, the way you speak, all that kind of stuff. Like, I, I really want to yeah, be. Yeah, you
0: just wear easy shit. <laughs> Off <off-light>. white. <laughs> that's your uh, like, to see. I just like to
1: be comfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah, and which is good. Yeah, so I mean, there's certain situations where you you know you need to dress nice and, and look good, but for the majority of the time, you know, I want to do my own thing and, and approach it differently. And that's why I think you know, for me, it's always been about like focusing on us and doing mm-hmm. what we want to do versus looking too far into what other people are doing and trying to replicate.
0: Yeah, I think one of one of your strengths is that you put yourself on like a flat hierarchy in your business and also you're completely vulnerable to, if you don't know something, you'll you'll educate yourself to learn it. Yeah. I think one of the things we spoke of last time was you openly will, will be the first one say there to say like, I don't know everything, but you're smart enough to surround yourself with people who might be able to help you. Is that still something you're progressing? Like you've got, I know you had a lot of mentors. We spoke at the Ferrari story last time. Like yeah which went viral, by the way. It's cool.
1: It's yeah. a cool story. Really cool. Yeah.
0: Fuck, if anyone hasn't heard that, go back and listen to that episode. Tommy saw a guy in a Ferrari and approached him and um, said, mate, I love your car. What do you do? love to take, like, have a chat. And now they're yeah. it's his business mentor. <laughs> I know. It's, <laughs> fun, it's funny because,
1: like, I guess from, you know, a superficial level, it's like, that's a cool car. I want to go, um, you know, There's I want to... so much deeper than that. Yeah. Bit, really. I think just, like, kind of the backstory behind it, you know, actually kind of understanding how that person got to where they got. Yeah. Um, is, is kind of what I take out of it and what I think about, you know, very, very uh, frequently. Um, yeah, I think I de- definitely surround myself with, you know, people that, um, you know, I can add value to, that they can, you know, offer value. I think in that sense, you know, I've always tried, especially from like, you know, a, a commercial aspect um, and a business aspect. But yeah, I think it's always just about learning. Um, mm-hmm. And I think with time, you really start to appreciate that, you know, sometimes it just takes time rather mm. than you know I want everything now. But are you good? Are
0: you good with patience? So that oh, like it's a bit hard. I find with athletes, you kind um, of want to do stuff. I think now, I'm
1: impatiently right? patient. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's, it's it's hard. I have to remind myself a lot of the times, a lot of the time, and and yeah, just understand that it's it's just a journey. Um, yeah. But yeah, in in that sense, you know, I'm always like googling stuff. Like I, ugh, the amount of times I'm on Google, like googling really? things, is insane. Yeah, like <laughs> It's probably a bit weird. CEO 101. Yeah. <laughs> How do you fix just, it, Google? <laughs> literally, like uh, I think in that sense, in terms of the you know the flat hierarchy, I really want you know to empower people in my business. I don't think that the business you know revolves around one particular person. I think it revolves around you know yeah. the, the entire team. So you know, if you can empower every single person within the business and they can bring you ideas and we can do it together, um, you know, we we'll get we we'll get places much faster and we'll grow to you know. Definitely.
0: Now, one thing I actually took from you last time, um, other than your advice on hurry up and get on TikTok with the podcast, which is actually unbelievable, um, but it's just the manif- manifestation aspect. And uh, we touched on it with Conor McGregor. But like, I just want to kind of gather because I actually think it's really beneficial to do it for people. And I don't know if you have any kind of set ways of how you do it, or you know, any method around or to your madness there. But like, can you give us some insight into maybe? Like, the things you might implement or have implemented in the past that really sort of transitioned into, like, reality, for example?
1: Yeah. um, I spent a lot of time thinking, like, just setting aside, I guess, time to actually, like, what do I want Mm. specifically in different aspects of my life? Um, And then I guess once you understand what you want, then you're thinking about it. And I guess just... Thinking about it daily as well. I mean, I used to write things down a lot. I still do that. But, I mean, because I've done it for such a long time now, I catch myself, you know, it's almost like a meditation. I'll be driving and just thinking about the things that so I want. So, like that's
0: almost like as powerful as yeah. uh, at this point. saying yeah. things
1: out loud. You mm. know, people probably think they're weird if they see me in a car driving. So <laughs> like I kind of, yeah. like, say things out loud. Yeah. Um, but I find that helps a lot. Um, but, yeah, there's just, I mean, manifestation is a weird one because it doesn't always end up exactly how you imagine. Mm. But... I just know that with so many different things that I've done along the time, um, you know, it just – just, I guess it's in your mind more. So you, mm. you're more aware of it. You, you're looking out for it. Um, you're looking out for those opportunities. And in, in that sense, I think, you know, that's what's kind of helping in good stead just continually because, you know, your brain's a computer. So yeah. the more you program it, the it's very true. better chance that, you know, you're going to run into those type of, types of things. But it's funny we're talking about manifestation because I think the last time we talked about our, our goodie. Yeah, remember we said, did. Remember, I said if I if I was to see him.
0: Yeah. Oh, did you see him?
1: I saw him that day. I saw. I swear to God, I, di- I didn't. So I didn't go up to him because he was getting in the car when it was leaving. But I basically. Oh, I think finished.
0: he called me and told me yeah, this. I maybe so I
1: was losing my mind. Um, but basically, we finished up the podcast and then I walked down the street. And I was walking down the street and I saw him get into his car. Onto our
0: growth. Oh, what are the
1: chances <laughs> of that? That oh, was weird. But we had a
0: massive conversation about yeah, it literally half an hour before. Because I think that. I said, you know,
1: if I see him, I'd definitely yeah, say Yeah, say yeah, yeah. Hey because no, it, no it, it would
0: be deemed that there was bad blood. You're like, no, yeah. there's no bad blood. No, like not it's at it's all. It's the business, mate. Yeah, all good. and
1: I mean, you know, with what they've done, it was just. Yeah. It was something that it's something that's funny because back in when I first got to the club, it was. I mean, we're losing games, but I just kept saying to my family and friends, like, we're going to win a premiership, we're going to win premiership. Did you They're feel li- that back then? It yeah, to I to Yeah, I did. About I mean, was, looking back now, there was definitely some... Because you know, the talent you had
0: acquired was fucking going to be superstars. Like, yeah. even yourself, like, the group they had. Players yeah. drafted, players from other clubs.
1: The team, the list was amazing. We probably just needed to add a few, like, they did. Pieces. Like, yeah, yeah, add a few um, players like Langdon, Steve May, May, a couple of others. Ben um, Brown. Ben Brown, yeah. yeah. Like, adding... But definitely the feeling what, with, 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 uh, sorry, with what I saw and definitely being at, like, different clubs, I definitely had that feeling, even though maybe I was delusional. <laughs> I don't oh, know. That. But, yeah, I definitely had that. I said it to my friends and family. People thought I was probably crazy. Um, you know, and a core group of those players were the ones that played in last year's premiership. Right, yeah. Obviously, they just tightened things up a little bit. I, I know speaking to the, some of the guys that I know really well still, like, the training was, you know, really intense. And they were all super, super committed. So... Yeah, it's just the same. Win just did you amazing. watch the grand final? Yeah, yeah, it was like, well, bro, it was, it was fucking rare. unbelievable. That, yeah. s- that
0: that second half, they like Bulldogs played really good. The first half, like, yeah. fuck me. And they, did. they They, they very lost well. by they're like I don't know how many points <laughs> they lost by in the end.
1: Yeah, Bulldogs have this. Bulldogs just have a team where you just you watch them play and you just love. love bro, I see. thought
0: Bulldogs were going to win it. They beat yeah. Port Adelaide in like in Adelaide. I don't know if it was a knockout. Fi- I think it was a knockout final. I don't think it was a prelim. But like I was like, fuck, that's they're I- they're in red hot form. Port Adelaide were, like a favourite too. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And uh, then Melbourne, Melbourne is, just like yeah, think, holy shit. I
1: think they're going to have long term success as well. I, 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 really do. They've, they've just got such strong foundations. Their team's really young. Yeah. Their key players are young, which is, which is, um, you know, a key to obviously winning. I'll ask you uh, actually. That
0: maybe a tricky question, but if you were, if you were Goody, take away the tactics like of, of footy, knowing you've had huge success, what sort of your mentality or approach to the playing group to kind of keep them engaged and and keep them hungry. Because like we see teams do go back to yeah. back, win triple premierships, but a lot it's of people have a, a hangover year as well.
1: It's a hard question. I'd probably... It's very I'd probably hard. reach out to Alistair Clark. To <laughs> <be> <laughs> I don't know Clarko. the answer.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're free. <laughs> you see, well, he's up for <laughs> um, No,
1: nah, I think it's it's a really tricky one because, yeah, it's you, you never know how the, the team's going to respond. But, I mean, I saw you know an article the other day around Christian Petrarca being back at training a week later yeah. after they won the premiership. So, it, it looks like things are in... Do
0: you know, just, so uh, this is funny. He said that, right, and... I'm sure someone else has said it, but we had Luke Dunstan on this podcast. I'm guessing, I reckon, it, I reckon it was an unlace exclusive, because we had him on and he goes, "We're talking about," because I'm a Saints fan. He's talking about the fallout, and then the f- one of the things he said, like that, really drove him to the demons outside of like, Goody actually wanting him because he didn't feel wanted at St Kilda? Yeah. Was like he walked in and it was like a week after the boys had got back from the hubs in Perth, and he goes, Petraka was just throwing these weights around yeah, and like beast. smashing it," and he was just taken back by that. But then. This is what I even love more about Petraca. He goes, he, he said in, I think the article you're referencing, he's like, well, oh, I get paid to like train. Yeah. and get paid to sit back. So yeah. Like, like he was just like, well, what the fuck's everyone It's funny, like? it's maturity, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's like pretty if, cool.
1: If you ask track that in year two, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> really? Uh, nah, he's, he's yeah. always, he's always. It's a bit easy to have a bit
0: of ego once you want to flag. Or nah,
1: <laughs> he's, I love track to death. He's just the best human ever. Yeah. Um, tra- like not only trains hard, but just like has genuine care for the people around him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, man, he's a special—he's a special individual. I think he has a great impact on that group. And um, yeah, I know that you know he had, he had a year where he's a little bit down on form, but he—he he just stayed true to kind of who he is and worked really hard. And if you see, you know you see the kind of success he had last year, it's just amazing.
0: Do you still watch much footy like now? Even even sort of because you all so close to it for so long, it must be hard um, to just erase completely. But
1: it's hard because I because I love like UFC and I love like basketball and it's super fast. Yeah, Fine. I find AFL a little bit slow.
0: Yeah, do a you? Little
1: bit, little wow. Bit, not slow, I mean, there's definitely fast moments, but I think in terms of, like, you know, you've got the breaks that go so long, you've got half-time. It, it does go for a while, but, I mean, I'm definitely still interested in all the teams that I was was um, associated with. You've got yeah. Giants, Melbourne, obviously, Carlton for a short stint as yeah. well. Um, and got some really good friends. So, yeah, I love, I love watching, you know, the players that I know play still, but, you know, if you're putting on a couple of teams like North, okay. Ma- North, <laughs> North Melbourne free on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, maybe, yeah, it. pass.
0: But, no, actually, yeah, I missed this question when we were speaking about Conor McGregor, but... How many UFC fights have you been to? Is it two or one? You uh, definitely went to the McGregor one where he broke, broke his leg, leg. yeah, which is fucking crazy. In couldn't itself,
1: it. I couldn't believe that. I was <laughs> Did
0: you go to one recent when you were in LA last time?
1: Yeah, I went to Who, whose was it? Because I saw you. Usman Covington. Oh wow, that was yeah. a great fight too. Was that, that number that whole two? Card was, was that
0: number two? There f- was that the or was that their first fight? That was the second, second, second fight. Yeah, yeah. The most recent one. Fuck, bro. Yeah. Can you explain to me because I've never been to a UFC fight. I didn't even go to the one in Melbourne, which I really regret. But everyone that's gone there, and this is like neutral people that I don't know, it's, and massive sports fans say UFC is the best event they can go to in yeah. sports. Yeah,
1: it's probably my favorite, definitely.
0: What like why? Why is it so good?
1: <laughs> people are trying to kill each other. <laughs> Every side's a like No, it's kind of it kind of sounds a bit sick in that sense. But it's it's so it's so skillful, and I guess in one second it can be over. So you're kind of on the edge of your seat, just waiting for kind of that moment. Um, and I think just the way they run the organisation. Like, you look at Dana White and, like, what he's done. like yeah. There's a lot of... Res- like, when you just see everyone in one sp- space and kind of how they put it all on together on the entertainment um, side of things as well. Yeah. It's just amazing. Like, it really is amazing. And because you're so close. Like, you're <laughs> so close to the octagon. And you hear the, like... When is, someone it gru- punches, is it grueling to watch It's that pretty... Yeah, it? there was a couple of gruesome moments where it's like, wow, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit much. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, Americans love it, so... Yeah. Well, do
0: you take anything away from Dana? Because, like, I... Obviously, he gets a lot of shit with the pay, yeah, for fighters. But he's probably my favorite, like, sports persona in a press conference because
1: he <laughs> just doesn't. Tilted.
0: Yeah, he just doesn't yeah. budge from like questions, and he just answers it straight out, and he doesn't. Like, he's so transparent.
1: Yeah, he's great. I, I got to meet him as well when I was there. I was fuck I off. So I was in. A, I was in a hotel. I was trying to find. Uh, what do we do? we will have a few. we will having a few drinks, and it was. Yeah, my first week in like America and then I was in Vegas and I've only been to Vegas once when I was twenty one before that. Yeah. And then would have been a different trip this time. Sure. <laughs> twenty one. <laughs> and then we Yeah, and I was just walking around and I got lost in the hotel. Like the hotels over there are huge. Yeah. And I couldn't find my room. So I was sitting down, I don't know, I got maps out. I don't know why I got maps out, because <laughs> I was in a hotel. And I'm sitting there and then I look up and it's Dana and I just yeah, just yelled out just said, Hey man, what's going on? Fuck. And just said I'm a big fan of like what you've done and what you've created and he was super nice and got a photo. And
0: no wonder Electric Ladyland's a piece of piss. Fucking hell. <laughs> He's rubbing shoulders at Dana and Connor. Nah, <laughs> the, the electric's great as well. No, nah, it is. It <laughs> is. Mate, it's... um, Look, I know we're, pro- we're probably up on time, but I did just want to talk one thing because I do want to thank you um, on your perspective. And this is probably why it's benefic- beneficial to have some friends that are knowledgeable in some other areas, but TikTok. Dude, that is the best platform going around, and I was very ignorant to it because I associated it with like young kids, pretty boys, yeah, like kind of like quirky dances and songs that I wasn't like into. But man, it is unbelievable.
1: Yeah, it's an amazing platform. It really is. I think the the algorithms a beast in itself. If you look at you know TikTok, the first page when you open the app is a for you page, so it's feeding you content that it believes you're you're going to be engaged with, yeah. and then. It's probably the only platform where you really just swipe through and you're following people. Oh, sorry, you're looking at content that m- from maybe people you don't follow. Yeah, um, I know you can change that, but the basic setting I think yeah, is yeah, for you yeah. page. So to see that, and then you know you you being able to post uh, a clip of content and it to go viral overnight or get a million views. There's no. no fo-
0: you can have no followers, and a clip can get 50k views. Yeah, it's insane. You so, can't do that on Instagram.
1: That's I think what's so appealing to people to get on the app. Yeah, and it's. Like obviously you're on it. It's like so addictive, dude. I've um, got like I,
0: th- I don't know how many followers we've got. We don't. We've got under a thousand, but I've, I reckon I've got over like I reckon I've got close to half a million views. Yeah, from like 20 videos. Yeah, it's an
1: amazing platform. I which think which is insane. When they don't cap that, um, when they don't cap it with an algorithm and they really just let the, the app blossom with kind of whichever way it goes, then that's what you see. That's that's what you see. I think you know Instagram. There was some algorithm stuff and how they changed it from chronological to you know, whatever the other setting was. It kind of changed how things you know, worked and people weren't getting as many likes or as many views. Yeah. Then you look at TikTok and, you know, you can get a million, amazing, million views bro. overnight. It's, it has to be appealing to people, especially the younger generation that want Correct. everything now.
0: Yeah, <laughs> true. Well, I know you got a meeting mate, so we better run, but I just want to thank you Tommy Bug for coming on. The listeners get, get following Tommy Bug, mate. It's a fucking, it's an MTV show. It's a life. It, it's awesome. He's developed it. He's worked hard for it. He's vulnerable with his learning. Uh, one of my good friends, mate. Well, I know we're going to have you on again, so it's not goodbye, but, um. Appreciate you coming in, brother.
1: No, nah, always a pleasure, man. Can't wait.
0: <laughs> Beautiful.